So here's, here's kind of what God was saying to me. He said, you know, I've spoken some deep things to you this year. God has spoken deep things. And, and, and not just to me, because you've been coming to me and saying, Pastor, da 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 this is where I was challenged. You, you sent me, I actually asked for some several weeks ago, and you were sending me, this is what God has been speaking to me. He's been speaking some deep things. And, and you know, I, let me just say, if you're not hearing anything deep, well, there's quite a few others that are, so you, you need to be listening maybe on a little bit different level today, because God says, I, I've been speaking deep things to you, and you've been saying that. God, not the words coming out of my mouth, but the words that are like, like hitting our hearts and hitting our minds and challenging us. God's been speaking some deep things. But often what we do is, is we awe over the deep things instead of apply the deep things. You know, you know what I'm talking about? We come, come to church and, and it's like, man, that was good. Pastor, great sermon. You know, I, I, I've got a couple of people that they, they almost hesitate to tell me it was a great sermon because I've said, you know, more, more than me wanting to hear you say it's a great sermon, I want to see. I want to see you live the sermon. You know, you know I have to brag on, on me because this isn't my word that I'm sharing today. This is what I feel like God's given to me to share with you. So this is God's word. But when, when you hear that and you realize that, don't just say, wow, that was awesome and and all over it, apply it. And, and we have to start figuring out how to apply this word. We have to start figuring out how to connect the Sundays to the weekdays. Because when we, when we all on Sunday and we don't start applying it, there is this huge disconnect that happens in our lives. And, and, and Sunday morning, this hour and a 15, 20 minutes or so becomes a portion of our life that doesn't connect to anything else because we're just awing about it, how beautiful it is, how awesome it is. It's like a picture you've got hanging on your wall at home. You may walk by it all day, you know, every, all day long, several times, and you just love, love that picture, you know, love it. But it doesn't impact your life. You know, it doesn't impact how you do your job. It doesn't impact how, how well you, you know, do in school, how many good grades you get. It doesn't impact your relationships. It doesn't really impact those things. And, and sometimes that's the way we do it. It's like we view a picture of God for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday. We, we, we all over, wow, that was deep. That, that thought that the pastor got from God this way, man, that was deep. And we all over it, but we don't apply it. We have to get this. This, this, is, this is where, where I was at. It's like, I was really wanting to take that next step. Okay, God, now I want, I want to go talk about some more power stuff. And God, God said, no, you, you got to back up because we're not getting this yet. We're not getting this in some areas because we are, we are like, man, this is awesome. But then our, our, our Mondays are still like, eh, like they were last Monday. Our weeks are still like, eh, you know. We talk about love and joy on Sunday. And a lot of times, man, by Tuesday, you know, all the joy is gone. You know, we're not a joy to be around. We don't have any joy. There's nothing there. And that's not, that's not, the, the, that's not the, the, the direction or the wisdom or the, the will of God. It's for us to just see what joy might look like and for us to not have it. God wants you to have joy. God wants you to have love. He doesn't want us to just talk about it for an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning. He wants you to have it. He wants, he wants you to exude it. I mean, the people around you, you know, you know how, how, what they say, you know, that old saying about how lots of people bring joy by their presence, you know, some when they bring their presence into the room, others when they leave the room with their presence, you know, we all can bring joy. How are you? You know, how is it in your life? Because, you know, when Jesus stepped in, when his presence came in, man, 
it changed everything around. Everybody was, I mean, and, and so for us to, you know, and I just got to tell you, you know, I, I grew up, I grew up in a time in the church where there was a lot of emphasis put on that hour and 15 to hour and 30 minutes on a Sunday morning and a couple hours on Sunday night too. But it's like, a, you know, we'd see people that almost, you could just see on their faces, they, they were like in the, in the holy of holies with God, lifted up into the heavenly places, yet Monday through Saturday, they were still struggling just to get themselves up and get out into life and make life happen. That's not God's will. That's not God's plan for your life. God doesn't want you to have, we used to call it having the victory. He doesn't want you to have the victory for an hour 15. He wants to give you the victory for every day of your life, every moment of your day, every battle that you face, every struggle that you have. And when trouble comes, he wants you to have joy, to stand in the middle of it. And the people say, wow, I want some of the, he doesn't want you to be, you know, you, you to respond like the rest of the world does. And people say, I don't want anything like they got. God wants us to have awesome, and he wants, he wants us to get it. And, and, and when we don't connect these things, if we just come on Sunday and say, wow, this was awesome, this was great, and we don't connect that, man, we're, we're really missing it. You know, we don't, it's like we don't have a problem connecting Sundays to eternity, right? I mean, that, that's what a lot of us are thinking about. Sundays and eternity, those connect for us. But we struggle sometimes making Sundays promises connect with Wednesday's problems. Sunday's glory connect with Thursday's battle. But God wants that. And you know, the, a metaphor for you. And uh, I, I was talking to Billy Newman before service. He's, a, he's, a, he's an auto body guy. I mean, he's a car guy. And I said, man, I got into this metaphor this week. I was telling him, I got really deep into this metaphor. I can't go that deep. I don't have this much time today. But I, this metaphor just came to mind this week. And that, that if, if today I said, now God, I want to go on. Let's talk about some more power. And God says, no, back up because we got some other things we hadn't gotten yet. It's not time to get to the power part just yet. We're talking about some power, but we, we, we got to get some of these nuts and bolts. We got to start making this happen. And, and this was the metaphor that came to mind. It would be like taking an auto body class. And you go in and you, and you sit and this guy is telling you all about, you know, repairing bodies of cars that have been damaged, that have been destroyed, replacing parts, bondo and, you know, and, and sanding and, you know, and all the things that you have to do and painting and all that. And, and week after week, you know, people are like in awe of, of this guy's intelligence of, of how he knows how to build a car and pictures he would show of cars that he's built and everything. But, but they never had a few moments that he put a sander in their hand. And that they went out or they, that he gave them some bondo and he showed them how to do it or, or he never let them have the wrench to, to, to replace a fender and he never let them actually try out anything. And, and so then at the end of the class, he passes out pictures of a 1969 Camaro, you know, or, or a 69 Charger. I think that was Billy's favorite in 69. Yeah, I had a 69 Le Mans. Uh, it, it was an awesome car because it was mine. It wasn't really awesome because anybody else, but 69 Lamont. 69 was a big year, by the way, for uh, muscle cars and everything. So, but anyway, he passes out a 1969, picture of a 1969 Camaro that he has refinished and, and you know, and he is, and it's just, everything is awesome about it. It's beautiful. It's just sparkling. And everybody gets a copy of the picture. And, and, and then it's like, for the, for the next couple of weeks, people are walking around with the picture say, hey, look at this. This is what I learned about in auto body shop. Isn't it awesome? And somebody says, man, I got, some, I got some work I need done. Could you do that to my car? Well, no, I don't know how to do that myself. 
That's what it's like when we just awe and we never apply. We've got the picture, but we don't have it. God doesn't want you to have the picture. He wants you to have it. He wants you to have the beautiful life. He doesn't want you to have an imagination of what it could be. He wants you to actually have it. And this, this year I've told you my prayers about this one changed life and it's got to begin with us, every one of us. You need to have a changed life so that we're not, you're not just thinking about what it could be. You're actually beginning to see it happen. We have to get this. We have to get it. Because to not get it only allows you to go home and tell everybody in your life about, about how your church service was. And let me tell you something. The unchurched people in your life, your unchurched family members, your unchurched friends, your unchurched co-workers, the unchurched folks that you go to school with, they could care less about what your church service was like on Sunday. But they are watching what God is doing in your life Monday through Saturday. That, what I, my little eight-minute message last week was that I'm not preaching the message. These eight people that are being baptized, they are preaching the message. That when they're going down to the water, they're coming up, they're saying, I've got a new life. And then they're living it out day after day after day after day. That's the sermon. And that's the sermon that is going to change. Some of you have got lost family members. I, I, I just saw some faces and I thought, man, you need to get this today. We, have, we need to get this is that the thing that is going to change the people in your life that you want to see God change. It is not about, this is the beginning. This is for us right here, this hour and 15 minutes. But it's about you connecting this to the next six days of your week. It has to connect. It ha we must get this. Now, let me, let me show you some things that we've got, okay? Let me, let me show you some constants that we have. And the first one is the church, Okay. The church and uh, Colossians chapter one, verse 18 tells us and several other verses in the Bible that the church is God's body, it's Christ's body. He calls it his body, he calls it his bride. It, it is his, it belongs to him, okay? And, 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 and when we think about the church, I know here's what a lot of people do is they look at the church and they talk about how imperfect the church is. Well, you know why the, per, the church is imperfect? Because you're sitting in it and I'm here, right? That's why the church is imperfect, because I, you know, start pointing fingers if we wanted to, right? You could stand up and point a few fingers as well. You know, I saw him mess up the other day. Saw him. Can I tell you something? Every Sunday, without fail, a guitarist hits a wrong chord. I, every single Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday, the bass player and the drummer are going to get just a little out of sync at one point or another. Every Sunday, it's going to happen. Every Sunday, one of the singers is going to miss a note. I guarantee it, okay? Every Sunday, the, 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 the video tech is going to get a little ahead or a little behind, you know, or maybe even click on an entirely different slide or maybe even a, a video that we didn't want to play at that point in the service. But they are going to miss it a little bit. You know, every Sunday, somebody in kids' church is going to get confused. Man, I, I preached one Sunday. I preached Moses in the ark every, all the whole sermon long. This was a long time before coming here. I've made my other mistakes in 29-11. But I preached, I had Moses in the ark. I kept talking about the ark, and I kept talking about Moses in the ark, Moses in the ark, Moses. Every week, somebody's going to make a mistake, okay? And, and some of us, throughout the middle of our weeks, we're gonna make other mistakes, more serious, grave mistakes, sin mistakes. 
But here is the beauty of what God does. He takes a room full of imperfect people and he says, this is my body. This is my bride. And you know what he says about his bride? Is he says, I am presenting my bride to myself without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. That is what we are. That's what this church is, is he takes this imperfect and he makes it perfect by making us one. Yes, you can give him a hand of praise. That's amazing. How, how does he do that? He amazes me. I don't understand how he does that. He ta- and even in our imperfectness, we're his body. Uh, and then there's the word, the word. And again, it's not my word. It's what God, God, God shares with us through the word of God. It is God breathed. It is his word. It is not what somebody else thought up. It is not what, his word is powerful. Another place, I've given you one scripture there, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, is God breathed. And it talks about all the things it can do right there. But one of the things that it says in the Old Testament, it says that when, when, when God speaks his word and when his word goes forth, it will accomplish what it was intended to accomplish. And let me tell you something. I, I could testify all day about the bad sermons that I have heard preached. My wife can testify about even more bad sermons than she's heard preached because she's had to hear me preach so many times. I could preach to you about bad sermons I have preached, yet, yet in those sermons that I've heard preached that were just, oh, just bad according to our standards, and the ones that I've preached that were just bad according to our standards, you know, just confusing at times and, and, and missing something and getting ahead of myself, all that kind of stuff. And yet then after service, somebody's saying that word, that you read and spoke to me and boom, boom, boom. And that's just talking about and realizing again, what does God do? It's his word. And even when, even when the messenger is imperfect, even when the singers that are singing his word is imperfect, even when those things are imperfect because it is his word, he said, it is my word. I, 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 heard, a, I heard a young lady preach her first message and she had written the whole thing out, you know, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, more of an outline type preacher, not, not really, not really laying it out completely, but she laid out word for word. And when she got up to preach, she pre- she read every word. I don't know if she ever looked up from the paper. She just read and read. And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh God, ain't nothing going to happen today. Nobody's going to be blessed by this. I mean, she got some good stuff there, but God, there's no, you know, it's like, she just reading it off the page, Lord. And then, you know what happened at the end of that? People came to the altar and got saved. You know why? Because it wasn't about the vessel. It was about the word. And when his word goes forth, it accomplishes everything it's supposed to accomplish. Okay, so let me go on. The third thing is, is God, God himself. And this thing about trying to connect and trying to make these, this awesome that is happening on Sunday actually apply to us. Can I tell you something? God applies. He always applies. In Revelation chapter one, verse eight, God says, I am the alpha and the omega who is and who was and who is to come, the almighty. God does not just connect from Sunday to Wednesday or Sunday to Thursday or Sunday to Friday. God connects from the beginnings of eternity all the way to the end of eternity. God is always relevant. He is always applicable. He always connects everything in our life. God, you know, I I guess I could say, God ain't the problem. If my life ain't working, you know, if the awesome on Sunday ain't happening on Tuesday, God ain't the problem. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the New Testament tells us. He connects all the way 
Alpha from the beginning of eternity to omega to the end of eternity. From, from eternity to eternity, God always is. So here, here, here's what I'm trying to tell you. We've got this equation. And we've got the church and we've got the word and we've got God himself. And these are powerful and these are the same. We can count on them. Even though I know sometimes we want to point back at a church and say, nah, no, that church right there, that hurt me. What? But, but, but another discussion, another time. We've got the church that is his body. We got the word that is God breathed. And we have him who connects with everything in our lives. There's another part of the equation though. That last part of the equation is me. Now, not me for your equation, it's you for your equation, but for my it's me. And this, this is the only unknown. You know, like, like y'all remember algebra? And if y'all, you know, my age, you might have to think way, way back. Remember algebra? And X, the unknown? The one last thing that is in there, it's like you got every piece of the puzzle except X. And if you've got every piece of the puzzle except X, guess what? You can find out what X is about. You can find out what X's value is if you know everything else. Well, get, look at up there. We know everything else except for us. You see, for every one of us seated here today, the equation is the same. Church plus word plus God plus X. And whatever X is, that's going to, to, have, that's going to be the, the one thing that the answer depends on. That's going to be the, the qualifying quantity that changes the answer for everybody in this room. And for, for, some of, for some of us today, those three plus X plus me is enough. But some of us, we're still like, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm just holding, I, I don't really know yet. We're still, and just, you are the last piece of the puzzle to making your life fit and work. And to making all this awe that we have here and we have here and we have here, to make all this awe actually apply throughout your life. And, and, and I'll give you just a little bit of proof right here because in this service today, there are people who are going to walk out and this week is going to be the same as last week for them. This was awesome, Pastor, but it didn't apply. You're not applying it. Nothing is happening. The same. But there's going to be somebody. I'm praying there's somebody here today. I'm praying there are somebody's here today that are going to get it. And if they can get, if one can get it, then everybody can get it. If one person, if one person can, can no longer be the, the, the piece that is missing, but they can become, if one can do it, then everybody can do it. It can all happen. The question is not, can it happen through me, in me, in my life? The question is, will I make it happen in my life. And so what I want to do for the next few moments, and I've got to hurry. I've got another sermon. I mean, this, this last part of this sermon is a, is a sermon in itself. I want to be just real practical with you. Okay, three, three things. I want to get just, and these are things that God has been speaking to us this year. You're going to recognize these words. If, if you've been here for the sermons, you're going to, and if, if you've missed sermons, you need to go back to the podcast. You need to pick up on sermons you missed this year because God has been saying some deep things to us, but let's not just awe over them. Let's, let's just look real practical here for just a few moments about three, three little words that God's been speaking to us this year. Okay. Because I, w I want you to get this. 
I, I, I don't want you to just be on top of the mountain on Sunday morning. I want you to get this. And the first one is listen. Listen. Can you imagine? I, I, I got to be brief, but I got a lot to say here. Can you imagine Noah not listening to God? What would have happened? If Noah had not listened to God, if Noah had just said, wow, God, that's an awesome plan, but then he went on and did his own thing, you know, just kind of heard it, but just didn't really listen. What would have happened? We know what would have happened, right? What about Joseph? You know, Joseph, the the story in in the last half of the book of Genesis, basically, just about the last half of the book of Genesis is about Joseph. What about his story and about how God rescues not just him and his little family, but his larger family and actually nations of the world. He was rescued because Joseph listened. God spoke to him through dreams, and he spoke to him through other people's dreams. There were other people that had dreams that God spoke to Joseph about, and Joseph also got vision and direction and wisdom from God through those things, and God used those things to to rescue people all over the world. People were coming to Egypt because of Joseph's wisdom and what he had gained from God. Imagine if he had just had one of those dreams and just said, wow, what a silly dream, rolled back over and went to sleep. Sometimes... You ever do that? I've done that. I've done that. I wonder how many powerful dreams I missed and called it a silly dream. Or Moses, you remember Moses? What if Moses did not listen to God? You remember Moses when he gets his calling, he sees this bush that is burning and this bush, bush is burning and God starts speaking to him out of it and God says, God says, Moses, take off your sandals. Moses, I'm sending you back. I'm calling you to do this. and I'm calling you to lead my, my people out of, out, of, uh, out of slavery. Imagine if Moses hadn't listened to the voice. I mean, you know what a lot of us would have done today? Come on, let's be real. What would we have done? Man, we'd we'd have gone and called somebody with a smartphone, take some pictures of this thing, right? I mean, if we didn't have ours with us, and if we had ours with us, we'd be taking some video, man. That would be up on Instagram in just a few seconds. This thing that was happening right here, and we'd have gone down... We'd have gone back down the mountain. We'd have gone. We'd have found our family. We'd have found our friends. And we'd have told them about this awesome thing. And then we'd have gotten as many of them to go with us. And we'd have gone out and we'd have camped around the, the, the bush and wait for the fire to show up again. Come on, I should got an amen right there or an oh me. Because that's exactly what we would do. Because we would focus on the awe of the fire instead of the direction of the voice coming out of the fire. That's what we do. We don't listen. We get, we get so caught up in the emotion or caught up in the awe and we don't listen. And, and God is trying to tell you, and if Moses had just, had just been overwhelmed by the fire and not listened to the word, Israel, Israel could have been wiped out. God probably wouldn't have let that. I mean, obvious, God wouldn't have let that happen. He'd have done it some other way. But Moses wouldn't have been the one. Kind of makes you wonder if God might have gone to two or three other people beforehand. Probably not just from saying, but I mean, does that happen sometimes? We, 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 we must, we must learn to listen. Okay. Let, let me give you, let me give you four steps real quick. These are, these are real easy to get. Okay. We need to practice listening. We need to learn how to listen. First of all, sacrifice some me time. You know what me time is? Me is not the time that you spend with your family. Me is not the time you spend with your job. Me time is time you spend on yourself, okay? So if you are married, don't you tell, don't you tell your spouse. Don't go home and tell your spouse, pastor told me to sacrifice some time with you so I can spend with God. That ain't what I said. I said sacrifice some me time, okay? What that means is get in the car, turn the radio off. That means shut down Facebook. Woo, it's getting quiet in here now, isn't it? It means, I mean, whatever your favorite game app is, turn it off. Sacrifice some me time, 
And if it's driving down the road and you normally listen to the radio or you listen to CDs or you listen to MP3s or whatever it is you normally do, you're turning that off. You're driving down the road and saying, now God, speak to me. And then shut up and listen. Just, and just listen. And just listen. Because I, I guarantee you, if you say, God, speak, he wants to talk to you. He's already talking right now. But we're so busy and we got so much going on around us, we need to turn off some of that and, and get less busy and sacrifice our me time where we can hear what he is saying. I guarantee you he will speak. Secondly, trust. Okay, you remember this word, right? Don't you remember this? You've heard this word several times this year. God's told us to trust. The very first sin that was committed when Eve ate of the apple, you remember? She didn't trust God. When Satan started telling her, you know, yeah, God said this, but whatever, 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 and she thought, well, maybe this is a better plan. So she took the fruit and she ate it. She didn't trust God's plan. If she had trusted God's plan, she wouldn't have eaten of the fruit. I mean, the very first sin was based on a lack of trust in God. There was a man named Korah. When Moses was leading Israelites out of their slavery, there was a man named Korah. He knew that God had spoken to Moses. It was obvious. I mean, hey, Moses was stretching his rod over the Red Sea and the waters were parting. I mean, it was obvious. You know, Korah had to say, yeah, it's obvious God's working there, but you know, I think I got a better plan. He didn't trust God's plan. He, he trusted God's plan for yesterday, but he didn't trust God's plan for tomorrow. Or maybe God's plan was good for everybody else, but for me, I, I think I need to go with my plan. And, and, and he ended up getting swallowed up by the earth, okay? I, I mean, he, 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 had a, he had a pretty bad end because he wasn't paying attention to God and trusting him. Or King Saul. Let me say this one real quick. If you read King Saul's life, you will see him claiming, you will see him speaking, you will see him calling certain things. You will see him giving lip service to following after God, but you will watch his actions. You will see his mouth on the Sabbath, but you will watch his actions the rest of the week, and you'll say, there is a disconnect right here. And that's why the kingdom was taken away from Saul's family and given to David's family. We have to be able to trust God. If you don't trust God, if you don't trust God, what, what, uh, my next slide up here is kind of long. I'm gonna thank you. Uh, if you trust in yourself, you will achieve what your wisdom and power can accomplish. If you trust in God, you will achieve what his wisdom and power can accomplish. You see, when you trust yourself, your limit is right here. But when you trust God, it's right here. Let me say it another way, the next slide. Let me say it this way. It's right, do it your way and accomplish what is possible. Do it God's way and see the impossible. See, when we're trusting in ourselves, we're limited by what we can do. But when we start trusting in God, then we begin to, the impossible can happen. And some of you need impossible today, right? This week, some of you need impossible. There are some of you sitting here that this week, you needed the impossible to happen. And God gave you some impossible because you had to stop trusting in yourself and you started trusting in God. And now, and now the impossible happened. And you know what's really easy to happen is when the impossible happens and wow, amazing, we get it. Then we start taking control of it again. Let me get control over this thing back again now because I don't want to get it out of hand again because if I can control it, it you know, and, and we blow it again because we just put the lid right back on top of it. Listen, trust, there's one more. You gotta obey. You gotta obey whatever it is you're hearing. You can't just hear this word on a Sunday morning and trust that this has gotta be the best way. You gotta do it then, okay? You know, and that means something different for everybody. 
There was a, a, a man early in the book of Acts, lame, they carried him and laid him at the beautiful gate every day of his life, and he just was begging for alms. He got a healing. Peter and John walking by, and they reached out, grabbed his hand, said, silver and gold, have I none? What we have, we'll give to you. Took him by the hand, raised him up. He was healed. That's the power I want to preach to you about next week. But we got to get this to get to that. Okay? So get this. What did that lame man do? The only thing a lame man can do, he lifted up his eyes. That was all he could do. That was all he knew to do. That was, that was all that was within his power to do. He, he couldn't stand up himself. He couldn't heal himself. He couldn't grow stronger himself. The only thing he could do was look up, and that was all that it was required. When you, when you read through the, the, uh, the New Testament, you read through the gospel accounts of the life of Jesus, you'll find people traveling for, for long distances just to get close to be able to be at Jesus, at Jesus' feet, to be able to hear him, be able to have him touch them. You'll find a story of a man named Zacchaeus. And you know what Zacchaeus had to do to, to get close to Jesus? He had to climb a tree. Now, he had to climb a tree to get close to Jesus. Yes, see, that's why sometimes we need God's direction because the quickest point between me and Jesus is this point, but for him, a little, he was a little guy, little stature. For him to get close to Jesus, he had to get up there where Jesus could see him and Jesus could call him down. And then there was another time that there was a lady who'd been sick for 12 years. She'd spent all of her money in all these doctors. And so she wanted to come to Jesus, but Jesus had so many crowds around him. She was a little frail lady, been sick for 12 years. She, it was a battle for her to get through. And I don't know why, I guess it's because, you know, in my mind, I just kind of see because the word says, in her mind, she thought that if I can just touch the hem of his garment. So I got this picture of this crowd around Jesus. And in my mind, I'm seeing this, 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 this little frail lady who's been sick for 12 years, losing blood for 12 years. She is weak. She is, she's just about broke from all the money she has spent. And she is on her knees because she just, if I just touch it, the hem, I don't have to see his face. I don't have to give him a hug. I don't have to touch his hand. If I can just touch his garment. So she is crawling through this crowd. The only thing she could do, you see, she could couldn't run with everybody else. She couldn't get up on the rooftop like some four guys did and tore, out, tore off the roof and, and let somebody down. She, she didn't have strength to climb a tree like Zacchaeus. All she had the strength to do was just crawl to Jesus. So for some of you, it may be climbing. For others, it may be, it may be uh, crawling. For some of you, it may, God may be saying, stop right where you are and see the salvation of the Lord because you've done all you can do to this point. But for some of you, you got to say, you hadn't tried yet. I need you to try just a little bit and give me an opportunity to do something for you. Some of you, I mean, you're, you're the aggressive one, you know, and it's time for God, God is saying, you know, it's time for you to just stop and watch what I am about to do. Yet some of you, you're real quiet. And God said, it's time for you to open your mouth and speak up. But, but for what, whatever it is, we need to hear what God is saying to us, trust that it is the best word, and then obey it. Let me give you one last example right here before we before bring you to the front, okay? One last example. Beautiful story. Jesus Christ dies, uh, is crucified. On the third day, he rises from the dead. Now, he, he, he died, and, and they had to hurry and bury him because the Sabbath was coming. Their Sabbath started at sundown. They had to hurry up and bury him. They didn't have time to do the spice thing, kind of like embalming back in those days. They didn't do the kind of embalming that we do today. But it's like they, they would anoint the, the body with spice. They didn't have time to do that. They were in a hurry. Had to get him in the grave because he, could, he couldn't be on, on, the, on the cross during the Sabbath. And, and they couldn't be doing this during the Sabbath. And so they had to hurry and put him in the tomb. And, and then a stone was put in, in, front, of the, in front of the tomb. And so then 
on the very first opportunity, all day Saturday then was, was uh, the Sabbath. And so, and it ended at, at, at sundown. It's like it began at sundown, it ended at sundown. So the very first opportunity they had was on Sunday morning, early in the morning, at daybreak, the word of God says. And at daybreak, there were, there were three women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, they brought spices. Okay, they bring these spices and they're going to anoint the body of Jesus. They didn't get to do this. Any, before because they were in a hurry. Now they're, they're coming. And so they've got part of a plan. All they know to do is all they know to do, and that's to bring the spices. But look at the rest of this in verse 3. They ask each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? What in the world are they even doing there? Because step one is roll the stone away so that step two we can go in and anoint the body. You can't get to the body, step two, until you take care of step one, right? I mean, so, so looking at this, you know, you might say, well, they were stupid. They, these ladies showed up and they can't even do what they're planning to do. They, they don't have a plan, but all they knew to do was what they knew to do. And look what they did. They put themselves, and you know, we could argue about whether, well, this is just the kind of thing they did. I mean, you know, if somebody dies this afternoon in your family, you know, you know, or, or extended family, you're going to make a casserole to take to their house, right? Something like that, right? That's, that's the kind of thing these ladies did. But it's almost like they had a calling to do it. They were there. It's like God was, they, they had to be there. They didn't just do it, they made sure that they were doing it immediately as quick as they could and taking care of these things and, and getting there. Even though they didn't have all of the plan put together, they said, we got to do all we can do and we can gather the spices and, and they just did. And here's what happened. You know what happened, don't you? God rolled the stone away. Jesus steps out of the tomb. By the time they get there, the stone is gone. The body of Jesus is gone. They are the very first people to witness a resurrection, to witness a miracle, to witness the amazing that took place and happened. Somebody get this today. If we get this, you know what? You, if you will get this, and not just, not just all, but if you will start to listen and trust and obey, you are going to put yourself in the place to begin to witness the amazing, to witness the miracle, to witness the resurrection in your life of, of the things that look like have, have died and have gone, and God wants to bring back to life in you. If you will get this to not just all, but to apply, God is going to bring the miracle into somebody's life today. I believe. Amen. Would you give God a head of praise over that? Amen. Amen. Join me at the front, if you will. If you're a first-time attender, we'd like to close around front. We'd like to close all together, and all we do is, I've got one last little thought, and we'll sing a song, have a prayer, and close. And so if you will, join us. Please, if you're comfortable, join us as well. I could drag a couple of people out of the crowd here right now today and have them testify to you and tell you about the miracle that happened in their life this week because they're, 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 they're getting it. Are you getting it yet? Get it. This is going to be over in about 10 or 15. We're going to, we're, we're going to be done all in about 10 minutes. But I hope you're not done with it. If you've yet to experience the first all, of knowing Jesus Christ. That's where, that's where it all begins. We, we all connect Sunday to eternity. I hope you have. If you haven't, all you got to do is, is just ask him. Start making my life what this preacher's been talking about.
Start making things fit on, uh, on the rest of the week. Start making, God, start, start making the Sunday all my normal all every day. Just ask him to be your savior. And then take, and then take these steps beginning to listen, trust, and obey. And we all begin with certain things. Listen, all of us have different things we've got to do, but, but let me remind you of some things. Okay, because, and let me just show you real quick. Just got several scriptures right here. These are all on the, on the Sunday's page. And I know this looks like, oh, he's got 30 more minutes to preach. No, I don't. Okay, but I know that's what that looks like. Okay, first of all, get rid of the temptation. If your struggle every week is a sin or some mistake that you keep making, get rid of the temptation. Okay, I mean, this is simple, right? Apply. Get rid of the temptation. And we all know this is what we're supposed to, and there's a scripture that, that reminds us this is what we're supposed to do. If, if uh, you've offended somebody, Jesus says in Matthew, go be reconciled to them. Go apologize. Go tell them you're sorry. Let me tell you something. As a Christian, I've apologized to people I didn't, uh, 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 to people I didn't even know I'd hurt of things that I didn't even know I'd done. And still, to this day, not even sure I did those things, but they thought I did, and you know what? That's all that mattered at that point because they were hurt. And so, you know, and so if your relationships aren't working out, you know, it might be because you got somebody stabbing you in the back because of something you did five years ago. Go straighten some things out. Or if you're offended at somebody, then go forgive them. You say, now you say, well, you don't maybe not have to go and forgive. Well, if they know that you're upset with them, then yeah, you need to go let them know. I forgive you. I'm sorry. I've been wrong. I, and I just want to forgive and get all this over. And then become, listen, becomes, you know, we, we all like the, the idea that we get to come on Sunday morning and there's somebody here that is singing to us and, and leading us to the, into the presence of God through worship. We like the fact that there are people that have, have shown up early at eight o'clock this morning and unloaded a, unloaded a, a trailer and they're, they're going to hang around. At, I'm going to get to go home in a little while, you know, and they, they're going to hang around and load the trailer back. We enjoy this. But you know what the word of God tells us? It says, it says don't let any of us forsake this time coming together. And it doesn't just mean Sunday morning. It also means small groups and all those other things that we do as a church. It's, it's, you know, we, we enjoy and we get blessed by the fact that there's a church that is committed to be here for us. Hey, guess what? You're the church. You commit. You know, here's the question to ask. Is if, is if this church was, was full of people like me, would it be more of a blessing or would it be more of a hindrance to people's lives? And that's the question to ask. If everybody, if this was full of people like me, is, is we got to be committed to be here for one another and bring the whole tithes, I mean, into the storehouse. If you've got financial problems, you've got to begin right here. This is everybody's command. You may have, some of you need to give to, to, to the South Dakota, that American, in, uh, Native American Indian ministries. You need to give to that today. Some of you are being led to do that right now, but every one of us is led to do that because that's in the word of God and that's to every one of us. And so if you're like, your finances aren't working, you, you got to start right there. And, and, and where, do you, where do you give? Wherever you get fed. By bringing it in, you're providing the food right here. And, and, and then, uh, if, is anybody sick this morning? Word of God says, if you're sick, find somebody that's got one of these prayer lanyards on and let them pray over you because the Word of God says, if you're sick and you ask for prayer, that the prayer of faith will save the sick, meaning that it will heal you today. Wow. If you're sick, don't go home sick. <laughs> don't go home sick right now. Find somebody. This prayer team is anxious, waiting for somebody to say, I'm sick, I want prayer, and I want to be healed today. God says he'll heal you. Here's the last one. 
is find somebody to agree with you over whatever your miracle or need is. Go to a prayer team. I, I warned them, I told them this is the last, last scripture, last thought this morning. Is I'm, and I'm praying somebody's going to say, yes, let me agree. Because Jesus said, if two of you agree concerning anything, it'll happen. If you agree right here, it's going to happen. And here it's going to happen in the spirit realm as well. It will happen. Find somebody to agree with. Practical. That's what the word of God is. It's not, woo silly and weird. It's very practical. It's very easy. Are you listening? Bow with me. Are you listening? Do you trust that what he has said that's on the screen right now, what he has said to you, what's he saying to you this week? Are you, do you trust that what he says to you about your marriage? Do you trust what he says to you about your finances? Do you trust what he says about, about your relationships? Do you trust what he says about all the things that you need to do? Do you trust that he doesn't just know what is best? He longs for what is best in your life. Yes, he does. I want to preach to you about the power. So let's get this today so we can believe power to really start happening in our lives.